them up here. I don't know what they need out there. By the night, time the night's through, they need some value instead of volume. <laughs> Somebody say, my help, my help coming from the Lord, yes. God Almighty. Amen. Did you quit on me that quick? Come on. My help. My help. Thought maybe you went Baptist on me or <laughs> dead Pentecostal. All right, we won't do that one again. We'll just skip that one. That verse died on us. We need to rip that baby out of our Bible. My help coming from the Lord God who made heaven and earth. I thought maybe the devil walked in and told you to stop saying what the preacher said. But it's my privilege and delight to be here. I may not be up here long. So your pastor finished this. But, uh, good brother, so good to see you. God bless you. I, uh, I I might want to move over here, but whatever, hallelujah. But delighted you're here tonight. God bless you. I'm honored you're here. Praise God. I appreciate what you're doing for the Lord. I guess in the Fort Wayne area or in Fort Wayne, wherever it is. God, did you say all that? As far as where he's from, I just didn't hear it. All right. To love your pastor, brother... Fishburn, his great wife, sister Fishburn, <clears throat> and um, the family are special to myself and to the church in Coleman, Alabama, where I pastored for 30 something years, and now my older son pastors. <clears throat> but I want to call your attention tonight to this book of Psalms chapter number 118 and I want to read just a few verses there in your hearing and then we'll be seated Psalms 118 and verse number 5 says I called upon the Lord in distress the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. Verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what, what can man do unto me if the Lord's on my side. Verse 7, The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. Verse 8, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Would you shout amen? amen? And I want to preach using verse number six. The Lord is on our side. Saints of God, do you believe the Lord is on our side? The psalmist said, the Lord is on my side. And he wasn't making that word up and that wasn't just his feelings that was the Lord the words of the Lord in his tongue in his pen so I want to preach the Lord is on our side you may be seated 
<clears throat> in the early 90s and mid 90s and even on up for several more years in the 2000s there was a phenomenal Holy Ghost um, outpouring in a conference in Wara, Ethiopia, Africa. I had some personal friends and acquaintances who took part in some years of these conferences. Uh, they weren't always necessarily the speaker, but they were speakers in more smaller pocket conferences around and um, they and others told us some tremendous outpourings of the Holy Ghost with tens and upwards of 100,000 people being filled in one day with the Holy Ghost or in several days. And there's no way you can number or count each individual. Even the scripture tells us in the book of Acts chapter 2 and about 3,000. Says it was about 120 in the upper room, about 5,000 men. Some people were really negative nabobs when they heard the number of tens of thousands or even 100,000 receiving the Holy Ghost. I personally was in several crusades myself in the Philippines, and I saw hundreds and thousands receive the Holy Ghost. There were miracles and signs and wonders that were very common occurrences. Blind eyes being open, crippled limbs, cripples walking, dead being raised to life. It was a common occurrence in these meetings. There were also great demonic and devilish activities in opposition to the work of God. But when the devil starts messing, the Lord starts blessing. So if the devil's messing with you tonight, I declare the Lord is on our side. Get ready, the Lord's about to start blessing. In 1992, the very first year of this war of conference, witch doctors chose to sacrifice nine bulls to put a stop to the conference. Just as seven is a biblical number of completion, so too the witch doctors of the devils or demons, they've got to have a number. Satan is the lousiest copycat. And you fill in any other words you want after that. But they claim nine as their number of completion. So these witch doctors, they would choose to sacrifice their bulls, their nine bulls, and they claimed that the fat of these nine bulls could be red as they sacrificed them to their demonic god. The first bull's fat red and showed 
that the entire conference was fenced in and protected by the angels of God. The reading of the second fat, second bull's fat, showed that thousands and thousands of people would be blessed by God in this fenced-in area, protected by God. And it wasn't literally fenced in, but by the Spirit, by the angels of God. The third through the eighth bull's fat read by these witch doctors showed that nothing could ever stop this powerful conference. And the ninth bull read, and the witch doctors refused to read it. They were too frightened, too scared, and they wanted to flee. But they would not repeat what it read. After much persuasion, the witch doctors, it doesn't take too much persuasion for the devil to open his lousy, crazy mouth and roar as a lion. He's not a lion, so he mimics as a lion. And so these witch doctors revealed that the ninth bull's fat read, whoever fought against this conference, God would kill. And there were some astounding deaths unexplained that happened around this conference. Repeatedly the Lord told Israel, and I brought to the pulpit, I didn't know the leading of the Spirit, but I could read to you several more accounts of revivals around the world, Indonesia, Philippine Islands, Ethiopia's stories, some in America, one that took place in Alabama, of the Lord being on our side with astounding, not just declarations, but demonstrations. <clears throat> one pastor was challenged by five men in his pulpit, and in less, if I'm not mistaken, in less than a month, and they have one of them on video, I've never seen it, I was just told it, five men were stricken down, they were killed by divine intervention. No, I didn't ask you to believe that. I'm just telling you what I know, and I know that the Lord, our God, is on our side. But God repeatedly told Israel in Exodus 14 things like this. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Deuteronomy 1, he shall fight for you, the Lord your God. According to all that he did for you in Egypt, he'll do it again before your eyes. Deuteronomy chapter 3, you shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 4. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And on and on we could read. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 20. Nehemiah said, In what place therefore you hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort you thither unto us. For our God shall fight for us. 
Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20 said, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And when they began to sing, woo, when they began to praise, not only did the pianist get up and make a lap around the church, not only did saints of God, but every time the people of God begin to rejoice, the Bible says that the angels, the angels, because every saint of God is nothing less than a repented sinner. Heaven goes wild when he watches his people. And then the Lord begins to fight. Oh, clap your hands and shout. You may be seated. It does not matter what the odds are that are against you. The Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter if circumstances are insurmountable. The Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter if it looks hopeless. The Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter if the situation is bigger than you are. The Lord is on our side. There is no situation in life that God doesn't want to help you with and help you out of. Your life is not so broken and so messed up that God cannot put it back together. There is not a person too far off that God cannot save, deliver, redeem, and make whole. Weeping may endure for a night, but the Lord is on my side. I may have just fallen down, but rejoice not against me, O oh, mine enemy, for I shall arise. I shall arise because the Lord is on my side. I've got trouble right now, but even in trouble, the Lord is on my side. I've got sickness right now, but the Lord is on my side. It's darker than it's ever been, preacher, but the Lord is on my side. In barren ground, I'll praise him anyhow. When the enemy comes in, then like a flood, the Lord is on my side. Let me just give you a little Wilbanks commentary right there. I believe the, the translators, the interpreter, whatever they were there when they said, when the enemy comes in like a flood. I believe that reads wrong. They put the punctu punctuation in the wrong place. The punctuation should be when the enemy comes in. Then like a flood. Everybody shout like a flood. The Lord will raise up a standard. 
What's the Lord's standard? The psalmist said, the Lord's standard is the Lord is on our side. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You can be seated. <clears throat> Hebrews 13 and 5 tells us, let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he, God, has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. When things are going good and you're on the mountain, I won't leave you. And when you're down the dumps and you're battered and bruised, broke, busted, and disgusted, I won't turn my back on you and forsake you. Somebody shout, yes, Lord. Then verse 6, he said, so that we, everybody say, that's us, may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. What Hebrews 13 and 6 is doing is he's quoting Psalms 118 and verse 6, which says the Lord is on my side. He's quoting the Old Testament verse, but he says it this way, the Lord is my helper, instead of the Lord is on my side. The word helper in the Greek is a compound word. It comes from the Greek words boe, which means a cry for help, and theo, which means to run. You put them together, it means one who comes running when we cry for help. Woo! The Lord is my helper. The Lord is on my side. So the Greek compound word paints a word picture of the Lord as one who is poised and ready to rush to the relief of his oppressed children when they shout for his assistance. Would you shout right now unto the Lord for his assistance with whatever it is that's going on in your life? love Isaiah 53 and 12 and I'm not going to read the whole scripture but I love this the Bible says pastor it's it's a scripture of the of the bruised and battered and wounded and slaughtered shepherd or the lamb of God but verse 12 says he was numbered with the transgressors you're not thinking about it. are you going to be ripping these chairs up Repainting the auditorium. He was numbered not with the righteous. He was numbered not with the godly. He was numbered with people like me. And people like you. You don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of it. But he was numbered with us. That's why you're doing the work in Fort Wayne. Because there's a bunch of transgressors that he died for. He's on their side. The Lord is on our side. 
It doesn't matter what the odds are against you. If the Lord's on your side. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand or ten thousand to one. If the Lord is on your side. It doesn't seem like, it doesn't matter if it seems like everything's against you. If the Lord's on your side. It doesn't matter if everybody's against you. Republicans and Democrats, if the Lord is on your side. Three Hebrews in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They said, O king, we're not even careful to answer thee in this matter. Our God, somebody shout our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us out of your hand. So it doesn't matter if you're facing a fiery furnace in your life. Because the Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter how difficult things are right now. I don't care if gas goes. Well, I care. But it doesn't matter if gas goes to $100 a gallon. Because the Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter how rough the road is you're traveling down today. The Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter how big the walls are. The Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter how mean the lions are. The Lord is on our side. It doesn't matter how hot the furnace is. The Lord is on our side. Somebody needs, somebody needs to understand tonight. You're not alone because the Lord is on your side. The Lord will come running. He'll come running when you fall on your knees and call out. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Psalms 37, 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered. It doesn't mean demanded or even commanded. It means he's already got the next place that he's going to cause your foot to fall. If you're a good person, a good, and I'm not just talking about good in, 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 in human terminology. I'm talking about in divine terminology. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord, the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Psalms 118 and 13, speaking of our enemy. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall. But the Lord helped me. Psalms 145 and 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raises up all those that be bowed down. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? <laughs> Though an host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me in this, will I be confident? You're worried about COVID? A bat out of wherever, created by some dingmatologist that calls themselves a doctor, a chemist, a scientist. I have a profound term for them numbskulls. You can be seated.
I was the youth pastor of my home church in Flint, Michigan. Youth leader for three years. Youth pastor full-time for eight years. Pastor went out of town. Left the Sunday night service for me to preach. I preached a message called, Jesus Feels Your Need. Out of Hebrews, we have not a high priest. We cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows your need. He sees your need. He hears your need. But He feels. He feels right where you're at. He's already walked your path. But he hasn't left you. <clears throat> when I finished preaching, Sister Mary, Sister Connie, maybe I should be careful not use her last name. Sister Connie's gone on to her reward. Very precious soul. Sister Mary's still walking, serving God, married to a godly man, and that I helped have part in winning and converting the Lord, Brother Gary. But after the Sunday night service, at the time, their husbands were lost, it was against them, blah, blah, blah. So they were driving together to a very, very treacherous part of the city of Flint, even back then. Very bad. Flint, Michigan is always, I say always, generally it's in the top ten per capita for crime in America. Several times it's led the nation per capita. Not, not total, but... So in a very, very dangerous part of time, time, when I go back to Flint to visit my father, who still lives in the Fenton area, which is south of Flint, and I go to the city of Flint, which is very rare, I will not go to this part of town where these two ladies went on that Sunday night. I do not go. So I didn't lose anything there. Probably won't find anything but trouble. So why go? Unless you want to see crime in action. I mean, why go? And I've got a name for you if you're just got to go see that. So they stop at a pizza parlor to get them a pizza. And they went and ordered their pizza, and it wasn't going to be ready for like typical pizzas are, 20 minutes. As soon as they sat in the car, the door was yanked open, and a man jumped in beside with a gun in his hand and said, give me all your money. Sister Mary was on the passenger side, Sister Connie, and the guy jumped in on the driver's side and just, I mean, she had no choice but to move over because he moved over. Sister Mary jumped out immediately and ran back in the pizza parlor. Didn't give her, her money. He, he took, so he stands there with his gun, or sits there with his gun pointed at Sister Mary. Give me your money, or I'm going to blow your brains out. Sister Connie is not a loud person. She's not a wallflower, but she's not a loud person. And she said, no, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Quietly. She wasn't screaming, no, no, no. She, she said, no. In the name of Jesus, I refuse. And she watched as he pulled the trigger. 
several times. And then he fled. Because the Lord was on her side. And she said, I thought the whole time, Jesus feels right where I'm at. <clears throat> and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Antichrist is some new kick. I'm not looking for that. I could care less who he is. I don't, I don't have any desire to know who the Antichrist is. I want to know the Christ. I don't have anything against these prophecy cats that run around their name and who the Antichrist is and where he's coming from. The Bible knows and it tells us and you can read a little bit in there about it. I could care less who he is. I'm not going to be here when he shows out. When's he coming? When I'm gone. I'll tell you what I personally believe. I believe he's already alive. I believe he's already on earth. I believe his kingdom's coming together. Do I know that? No, because my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Christ said, no man knows. Between the Gospels and the first chapter of the book of Acts, he said, you don't know the hour, you don't know the day, you don't know the season, and you don't know the years, the times. He said, where have you heard this, that it should come? Even now already is it in the world. This was 2,000 years ago. But he said, you're of God, little children. And over, have overcome him. We're not overcoming the Antichrist. We have already overcome him. So why should I have to go through the mess that he's going to put on the world? I've already overcome him. Like my Christ. Because. Everybody shout because. Greater is he that is in you. Not just with you. He's in you than he that's in the world. I'm closing. Musicians, would you come? What shall we then say to these things? What shall we then say to these things? What things? Romans 8, 28. We know. Everybody say, we know. That all things work together for good. Not for the good, but for good to them that love God. Who shall then lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth, declares innocent of all charges. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, trouble, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through them that love us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principality, powers, present, things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And digressing back to verse number 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, would you stand with me? If God be for us, who can be against us? No weapon form shall prosper. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Jonathan said to the young man, let's go up. If they say come up, let's go up and whip them. Because there's no restraint to the Lord to save by many. Or by few. God and I make a majority.
Now don't say it wrong. Don't say I and God make a majority. That's not the book. The book says God and I. If God be for us. Somebody needs to understand tonight the Lord cares for you. In a way you've never known someone caring for you. He cares for the very fiber and fabric of your soul. Sir, he cares about your mind. You're being battered in your mind. But God cares about your mind tonight. And if he was numbered with the transgressors, I would have to say he's on the side of the transgressor for mercy. Now, if you keep on your way, there'll be a time when he will turn on you too. But he's wanting to save tonight. Yes. He's wanting to heal. He's wanting to do the miraculous. And he's wanting to deliver. Songwriter wrote, God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus. I'm not saying sing that one. That's what's on my page. <laughs> Would you step out of where you're at? Everybody. Yes. Come on down. Everybody. God wants to show you something in this room tonight. Will you let him show you something? Don't be afraid to come. We don't bite. Those of us that do bite, we've got our shots. Our rabies is in remission. Hallelujah. When you get here, I want you to lift your hands. I, please, I'm not diminishing, but I want you to talk to him like he's your team leader. He's in charge of your situation. Sometimes we come to him and we pray to him and we act like he's not in charge. It's like going to your boss and saying, hey, boss. And treating him like he doesn't have charge of the money. That he doesn't have charge of the hours. I need a vacation. I need a pay raise. I need a promotion. Come on, talk to God like he's in charge tonight. Say, hey, God, I know you're on the throne. Thank you. 